This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. As always, your host, Cody Mallory, on Twitter, at Mallory. Delighted to be joined by my two co-hosts, Joe Farrow, on Twitter, that's at the Joe Farrow, and Anthony Dittmar, on Twitter, that's at Anthony Dittmar underscore. Guys, the Brooklyn Nets own the city of New York, is what I want to start with. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. That was one hell of a win. The Knicks choked see, another giant lead. Did you see That's Kevin Durant tweet? Yeah, Katie tweet. Nick choked. Oh my Kevin God. Durant tweeted, Nets fans were loud in the bark. I mean, the garden tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he just put out, way to lead us tonight, 2 4. So, uh, shame 13 couldn't lead, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man bro what a freaking game like that's the third game in i believe the last seven days where the nets blew a 20 point lead at one point in the game um no durant no simmons no irving no joe harris no problem for the brooklyn nets these last two games yeah i don't know what's that's just- crazy like all right, let's. You guys want to do some math real quick? I like math. You like math? Okay. So, NBA salary cap, right? We have at $112 million per year, correct? So, correct. Ben Simmons' salary is $29 million. Add that to Joe Harris's $16 million. What do we get? Twenty-nine plus sixteen, forty-five. Okay. Add Kyrie is thirty-three. Oh boy, you're gonna make me really do some math. Seventy-eight. Okay. Now add Kevin Durant's forty. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so that's one. I forgot what I was at. Seventy-eight plus forty shouldn't be this hard for me. One eighteen. I think we're over the number. <laughs> we are over the number just with those four guys. Just with those four guys who aren't playing. And we're still able to grab wins. Look at this team, man. It's so it's gutsy to say the least, these guys. And I'm yeah. proud of them, man. They fight. They don't they don't quit. Well, now at least they don't quit, all of them. But <laughs> one we're over the cap with just those four guys. Nobody else would be able to pull out the wins that we're able to pull out without without their top four paid players. It's it's unreal. It's awesome to see. 
these guys just keep on fighting and Cam Thomas just keeps flourishing game after game. I believe now he has the most 20-point games by a rookie. He probably does. I feel like it's been like his last five or six, right? He's been over 20 every game. Yeah, and like before that, like just alone this month, I think he had the most (laughs) of any this year. So we have to start pushing Cam Thomas Rookie of the Month propaganda. For sure. I want to come out, come clean. I would like to apologize to everyone in the Nets fan base. I went live on this podcast and said the Nets should trade Cam Thomas if they got a piece that helped them win. And I am glad Sean Marks knows more about basketball than I do. And Cam Thomas is still on the Brooklyn Nets because the piece they need to win is Cam Thomas. He is a star. You can see it. His ability to get to his spots on the floor are superstar and like it's, it's amazing. He gets wherever he wants. The Nets were t- attacked it all night. Fourth quarter, what they do? Put Mitchell Robinson, pick and roll. Cam got the switch. He got to his spots. Robinson's a long defender. Sure, he's slow, but he still closed out. And Cam Thomas was seven to ten for sixteen points in the fourth. I also want to give some props to Steve Nash. He takes a lot of heat, but it's very clear he has not lost this locker room. They were down 28 in the first half, 18 in the fourth quarter, and they came back and won. And I was very critical at one point on his decision to not go back to Andre Drummond down the stretch in the fourth. And he made the right decision because when Cam Thomas got going, what did the Knicks do? As anyone would expect, they blitzed them. What did Cam Thomas do? He passed the ball to Aldridge, who knocked down a mid-range jump shot. If Drummond was in the game, obviously Drummond's not shooting that jump shot, and you don't know what would happen. So, I mean, it all worked out. It was a great game, and I just wanted to give some props to Steve Nash for that adjustment because I was critical, and I know there were several Nets fans on Twitter who were very critical of it because Drummond, Drummond was just eating rebounds. He had 18 in, like, what felt like two minutes. It was absurd. Yeah, he finished the game with 19. I know that. But another point that I want to point out real quick. In this game, the Nets scoring went up every single quarter. Started with 18, then to 26, to 29, and they scored 38 in the fourth to clinch the to clinch the comeback win. And it's almost identical going backwards because the Knicks dropped 38 in the first, 27 in the second, 22 in the third, and only put up 19 points in the fourth. And the Nets just dominated that fourth quarter all around, and it was it was an insane comeback. Twenty eight points, man. Uh, that's right. This is right up there with that Kings game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, bro. Like, I also want to give a lot of credit to James Johnson. I think people are far too critical of him. I think he's a good basketball player. Not only was he effective offensively, he was pretty much the point guard tonight. And when they kind of went on that run in the third and the fourth. Obviously, Cam to go over the fourth, but James Johnson getting into the paint in the third quarter was how the Nets were scoring. He finished with 14 points, five assists, seven boards. He was a plus 16, and not only was his numbers good, he was getting in Julius Randle's mouth, and he was not afraid to go toe-to-toe with him. Randle finished 10 of 22, and I believe he was 7 of 10 to start the game, Randle was. So James Johnson completely took him out of the game, and when they didn't have R.J. Barrett, the Knicks just couldn't get offense going. We saw it by them scoring 22 and then 19 in the second half, like Joe said. And a lot of that was James Johnson taking Julius Randle out of the basketball game. 
Yeah, that that was definitely a huge part of it. He was most of their offense for the entire night, and it was just like he just simmered down more and more as the game progressed, and the Nets just played better and better defense, and they turned it around offensively throughout the game. As I said, they just got they just kept scoring more and more each quarter. So it was just an insane win. It was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, another crazy stat. The Nets won the game by five, right, 111-106. They were down, I mentioned, 28 at one point in the first half, 18 in the fourth. Yet Seth Curry was a plus 27. Make it make sense. And he played 36 minutes. How is that even possible? That that just means Seth Curry comes out and we start to, and we, we don't know how to play basketball. That's really what it is. That's what it seems like. Bro, like that's just that's one of the most impressive things I feel like I have seen in a box score in a long time and i've seen a lot of box scores yeah that, that, that definitely is wild i don't know that's insane i don't know how that it's, it's not like he played like 10 minutes and they went on a big run he played 36 minutes he played the second most minutes on the nets like that's just insane to me yeah uh, holy shit i just so i was working the Rutgers game and I just watched those fourth quarter highlights that was insane Cam Thomas, like that dagger, <laughs> holy crap! Him and Aldridge had like a back and forth that whole entire fourth quarter. Yeah, was- Lamar Lamarcus had an absolutely huge game. He finished with eighteen points and ten rebounds. So both of our centers tonight put up double doubles. And uh, Cam Thomas, that, sh- that was what they say twenty nine feet. It was damn near the half court logo. It, it was just an insane shot. And he he just said in his post game that that shot definitely ranks up with his two uh, summer league shots. <laughs> wow. From summer league MVP to like a key contributor and a potential, like, like elite team in the Eastern conference. Like that's what kind of wild. like the kind of like turnaround he's asked in his rookie year, considering like everyone that's been down this year. I think he's a lock to be in the rotation in the playoffs. What do you guys think? He's coming close to it. He really yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, he might be that sixth man that, I wanted Goran Dragic to be. Forget him. It might be Cam. That kind of spark off the bench, play that Lou Will role. Because, I mean, he's not breaking the starting line, let's be honest. But just because, I mean, he's he's amazing. And, like, but I could see him being a Lou Will for the next two years. So then that's come in, average 16 off the bench in 25 minutes. Yeah, he definitely can. I mean, he could definitely be a big second unit piece. Especially in the playoffs, if off if some of the guys are struggling offensively, he could come in and just be that quick spark plug. That's a perfect role for him, and that's probably what he's going to be for the first couple years of his career. But like, just the scoring is going to increase because he's going to keep developing and he's going to keep getting better, which is just wild to think about. His scoring prowess already at his age is absurd, and I I can't wait to see what he ends up being down the line. Yeah, so I just saw from Alex Schiffer of The Athletic. Steve Nash said on the Cam Thomas dogger, that is exactly how I drew it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, I mean, Steve Nash being Steve Nash. I think he's a pretty funny guy, but, bro, like, I don't, I, uh, I bet some money on the Nets when I saw that they were minus four and a half. So I went Nets money line. And obviously it didn't start off so well. <laughs> <laughs> but when we were at halftime, like the odds just like were insane. I don't remember what they were exactly, 
So I threw some more money on the Nets because I just had this feeling. I was like, you know, they're going to come back. And sure enough. So I made out tonight. <laughs> got a win, and uh, I got a nice little payday out of it as well. Thank nah. you, Cam Thomas. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's smart money. Don't, scared money don't make money, you know? That's what I'm saying, man. I was like, I'm already committed. I might as well just go all in now. <laughs> yeah. So I want to bring up one quick thing. Our two centers obviously played very well tonight. LaMarcus had 18 points and 10 rebounds, and then Drummond had 11 points and 19 rebounds. And Claxton got a DNP two games in a row. What do we uh, What do we think about that? Um, He's, like, out of the rotation, I think. I think there's not going to be a need for him unless, like, you really need him for like switching abilities, but I feel like the Drummond Aldridge combo is kind of like the best combination you can go in terms of like the net centers. Like, uh, I just I, I don't see him having a role unless there's injuries. Yeah, that's that's what's unfortunate. I mean, like Claxton, we all we all have seen what he can do, but it's just like, damn man, like he was giving us some really really good minutes just a couple games ago, and now it's like he got hurt. He rehabbed his way back. He wasn't out for long, but got himself back. And then now he's active, but he hasn't played for two straight games. It's uh now it's it looks more and more likely that the Nets could deal him once this season is over if they're able to retain Drummond. Did you see the uh the rumors that well first let me answer your question? Um I honestly wish Nash kind of threw him in. There was a point in that second quarter i believe it was when the nets were getting absolutely demolished and pick and roll and i think they were they were targeting drummond pretty hard in it and i mean drummond was great tonight like i said before but that's kind of where claxton would fit in i feel like but obviously nash decided against it um it ended up working they locked him down the second half as for claxton and being traded you guys see that they were in discussions with the raptors on trading claxton for I think it was a couple first round picks. Maybe it was one, but they were heavily protected. Yeah. I believe it was one first round pick from the Raptors. But I believe it was a protected pick. And they the report said that it was heavily protected, but the Raptors ultimately went in a different direction. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it just looks more and more likely that he'll be traded. I mean, I can't. At this was point, a restricted free agent now. He's not, it's gonna have to be like it'll be a sign and trade, but it'll probably be a sign and trade. The Nets will match it and then deal him to whoever throws him a bag. Probably you could sign and trade a match deal. I don't know if you do that, can you? No, you would have to match him, so like you have the rights to him, and then you could just I feel like you'd have to wait to steal him, then wouldn't you? No, I don't believe so. I believe, like, I mean, sign and trades still work the same. Like, even though he's restricted, like, you just have to match that contract and then you could deal him. Same same scenario. I don't believe the restricted tag really matters. You might be right. I'm not too sure. I'm also to cap not too back sure. On. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, let's kind of just go through, like, a full game recap. I mean, I know we talked about, like, spurts of it. Um, obviously, the first quarter, the Knicks came out. They put up 38. Um, they like they just weren't missing. I think they started the game seven of seven from three, and literally everything they were throwing up was going in. Um, the Nets, on the other hand, their offensive game plan in the beginning was atrocious. It was run screens for Curry and Mills, 
and the Knicks were just playing suffocating defense on it. No one was attacking the paint, even when Robinson came out. Um, I don't believe Cam Thomas played in the first quarter. Um, Joe, I don't know if you can correct me on that, but I believe he if did anything, not play. He in, if anything, he came in late because he was in early. The, he was in early in the second quarter. Yeah. If anything, he came in late in the first. I mean, like the game plan was just atrocious to come out. Like the Knicks were all over Curry or Mills coming off screens from Drummond, which is kind of what the Nets used against the Kings. So I'm not surprised that the Knicks suffocated them. And I mean, let's be honest, Curry and Patty Mills most likely aren't going by anyone to get to the basket like Cam Thomas can or whatever. And then the second quarter, they played this lineup. Um, It had Drummond, I believe, James Johnson and Blake Griffin on the floor at once. And the Nets just played bully ball. They just kept going inside, inside. And I mean, it worked better than the first quarter game plan, but still it wasn't good enough, obviously. (laughs) Second, then second the, quarter lineup, it was just like it was clunky, but it was working. It was it was very odd. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were they were able to score. They put up twenty six, so nothing crazy. But like I said, they were just attacking the basket. A lot of post ups, a lot of rebounds. Uh, and then third quarter and fourth, the story was defense. I mean, obviously the Knicks choking played a factor into it because that's what the Knicks do this year, apparently. Blown <laughs> but three, still. Blown three 25-point leads in February. Yeah, that is pathetic. That's terrible. That, that <laughs> is when a coach becomes on a hot seat <laughs> right there, especially when you're healthy. Now, I know the Knicks didn't have R.J. Barrett tonight, but for the most part, they've been healthy this month, and I don't he, know what's going on. He was there for another- <laughs> Right. Right. The Knicks have taken a big step back this year, obviously. Um, so I love Tibbs. I think he's a good coach, but you got to wonder, is he the right coach for a team that has a lot of young players that are trying to develop? And that is a problem for a Knicks podcast and not me to answer. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What else do you guys want to talk about with this game? Uh, let's see what I have here. Um. I, I wanted to just say um, Bing Bong. <laughs> Bing Bong. That's five straight wins against the Knicks, and they're up two games. On the, the, one, they're 103 and 101 against them now. Oh, man. Tough scene for the team that supposedly runs New York. It was loud tonight. I just saw the videos. There was, like, a lot of Nets fans there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of Nets fans in uh, Boston. <laughs> I, I got a, a tweet from Skip Bayless at following the game. Now something new and even better is happening with the Nets. Even without KD, Kyrie, and Ben, they just stormed back from 28 down to humiliate the Knicks at MSG. They're happy, relieved, re-energized. KD was right. Cam Thomas is a weapon. I still believe the hardened less Nets will win the East. Thank you, Skip Bayless. You are the first analyst. I don't know if I want to call him an analyst. You are the first <laughs> TV personality that has said the Nets will win the East. You look at all of them. They're all hating on the Nets. I'm telling you, they're coming. And we just reminded of it again that they're a different team with, like Skip Bayless said, they're re-energized. They Jeff, believe uh, again. Jeff Van Gundy said the same thing uh, before the game had started on ESPN. And then Woj, this is another thing I want to bring up. 
on ESPN before the game started, Woj had said, the plan is for Joe Harris to practice with the Nets right out of the All-Star break and see how the ankle responds. Then they'll decide whether he's playing through it or getting surgery. So there's our Joe Harris update. He's going to practice with the team right after the All-Star break, give it a little bit more rest. And then if his ankle isn't responding well, then he's going to get another surgery. And you'd think another ankle surgery at this point in the year rules him out for the rest of the season. Where do you see this? Uh, Woj had said it on ESPN. Yeah, I saw it as well. That's the current plan as of now is to have him practice with the team right right out of the all-star break. And I don't get it. I don't understand why he didn't test it already. <laughs> if they already said right. maybe looking for a second opinion. So did the second opinion say, no, try it again and then come back to me <laughs> or get right. a third opinion. Like, I don't know, but the, the fact that it's coming from Woj and like, we haven't got just a team update on injury reports or anything like that. Like it's like, it's frustrating, but hopefully Joe does not need another surgery and the rest that he's gotten ever since like basically the first month of the season helped out the ankle after he got his surgery and he could join the Nets again after the all-star break. Yeah. Um, it's a little unfortunate. I'm a little murky in that situation, but we did get a good update on the Kyrie situation today. Did you guys see all those tweets? Oh, I, I listened to some clips of Eric Adams. He said he thinks the vaccine is unfair. Um, he's, I think he, I don't have the exact quote in front of me. Oh yeah. He said unfair how away players are, and he mentioned entertainers can come in and perform, but players or entertainers in New York city cannot. Yeah. That's Um, that. He said that he's struggling with the decision because he doesn't want to like just lift it because at the end of the day, he cares about. Um, the safety of the city and but he's like he knows it's unfair and he's struggling with it he's struggling with that decision right buffalo just lifted all vaccine mandates yeah yeah they, uh, there's a quote i want to find it one second of what he said um it was kind of funny actually he was joking around oh he when he said i think the rule is unfair Whatever he then said, I'm not sure if a Boston fan created this rule. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and the Blasio open Red Sox fan. Isn't yeah, Blasio um, a Knicks fan though? Oh no, I don't think so. Blasio, um, are you sure? No, the mayor. No, but he was openly a Red Sox fan. I know that. I know he's a Red Sox fan, but our um, guy. But the tea leaves today dropped. I think it's all leading to like this mandate being reversed, like all the cities reversing it. Adams literally said, quote unquote, how would the optics look? He didn't say anything about science. So it's like proven right now. It's like completely a PR thing. And I don't think he answers the question. Like two weeks ago, we asked the same question. He said, there's no chance. But the way the numbers have gone down, I don't think there's any reason why he shouldn't be playing. There's other unvaccinated players coming to Barclays Center. Like Justin Holiday and the Kings came in like unvaccinated against the Nets on Monday. What's the difference there? It's like, there's no difference from like a health and safety standpoint. And like Kyrie's with the team on the road. So it doesn't make any sense. So I think my guess is early March. They're like, they're talking about it crazy right now. I, I could see it right after they're talking about like the state of the union address. So maybe after that, who knows though, but I think it's sooner rather than later. 
it all sounds like a lot of stuff is turning in the Nets' favor right now. <laughs> I don't want to jinx anything. So let's not, let's not jinx it. Yeah, I don't want to jinx anything. But there is a slight chance when we think about it right now, there is a slight chance that when we go to Philly on March 10th to play James Harden and the 76ers, we may have a chance to have Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, and Kyrie Irving all in that game. Yes. I'm like, sign me all the way up for that. <laughs> See, this, is, this is the way I'm like compartmentalizing in my head. Let's get through tomorrow's game against Washington. Skate free. Let's get another win. Get a three-game winning streak to the deadline. Enjoy the week off. Enjoy the, the All-Star weekend. Enjoy some needed lay rest. And then the, there's Steve Nash from a shed. Like, Katie's a good chance coming back next Thursday, if not within the next few games. And then I'm thinking that the Ben Simmons stuff, I think Ben Simmons is cleared when Katie's cleared. I don't think he comes first. I think they're like a package, if anything, Katie a little before. But Simmons wants to play in the more strength game. I think there's a good chance, like like you said, all four of those guys could be coming yeah. back. Like, no. Well, in reality, the most murky one is Joe Harris. So, like, we could – there's a solid chance that we will have all three of our big three for that March 10th game in Philly. And, man, that would be a show. That's probably one of the most highly anticipated games of the year right now. Yeah, unless they get a playoff series. Well, yeah, that's why I said right now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. no, I, I'm just agreeing with you. I guess I'm just thinking the playoffs is gonna be electric. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, to give you some more context on the Durant situation, I have quotes what Nash said at the media today. He said, "We'll see. I wouldn't expect him. I'm not like he's gonna play right when the break ends. There's obviously a small chance, but we want to be really careful and safe with Kevin." He then said a setback would be tough and when we have whatever it is, 20 or so games left, we don't want to jeopardize it or have a setback where he missed another 6 to 10 or 12 games. So I think we will be cautious with him coming out of the break. But obviously at some point he has to return and he's closer, I would say, than he is farther from coming back. So. Yeah, for sure. Like, we, we all know how the Nets are, super cautious with everything. So frustrating, but and like, like we've been saying all year in the long run, it matters what happens in the playoffs. And I would say the last 10 to 15 games going into the playoffs, you want to have good momentum. Absolutely. There's, a, there's another a nice quote that just came out from Cam Thomas. <laughs> he says, there's kind of a narrative out there that's trash saying that I can't pass. I could always pass. I have LaMarcus Aldridge in the mid range. Who's not going to pass to him. <laughs> so that's, that's a good one. This kid, man, he's so confident and like just so straightforward and he really just doesn't shy away at all. I, I really like it. How many of these Cam- are like digs at Harden? Like I just saw a Seth Curry tweet. We're really playing a fun brand of basketball where everyone's involved and everyone's making plays. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Did, you, did we talk about the report that said Harden wanted an ISO ball style of offense and Nash and Durant wanted um, free-flowing offense? Did we talk about that? I don't think we talked about anything about Harden, including his media day, did we? No. Where he said like he Philly was always his first choice, yeah. And he he said, and I quote, "But I had to go to Brooklyn." Like he said that, I don't know, man. But then uh, Quentin Mayo 
pulled up a tweet from when he was traded to Brooklyn saying, right. And I really wouldn't have wanted to go anywhere else. He said, thank you to Houston for getting me where I wanted to be. Like, yeah. It's like James Harden's even, basically seemed like it was full of like, Oh, like I got to reverse every narrative, but Ben Ben's presser basically was just like, he was giving like just really good answers about his whole situation without really pointing blame at anybody. So it was just like it was just like Harding kind of continued to act like a child, and like Ben took like a mature approach approach about it. That that was basically my takeaways because Ben's was at eleven thirty and Harden's was at twelve. So like we got all the quotes like back to back, and it was just like all right. Yeah, man. Like Cam Thomas said. When it was 16 on the shot clock, we went into the backcourt. When I saw Coach Nash tell everyone to flatten out, I knew it was one-on-one time. <laughs> I saw I went to my happening. I'm like, I see Nash telling everybody, just like, clear out, clear out. Yeah. In his arms. He said I, Cam is about to went, this thing. I went to my go-to move. Glad it went in because I was struggling tonight. This man <laughs> said he was struggling tonight. I mean, what is him not struggling? <laughs> Something like KD would say after he drops 40. Yeah, man, I was I was struggling tonight, but I'm glad the last one went in. And he's also the type to shoot like 16 of 22 and be like, yeah, I, some stuff wasn't falling tonight. I got to be <laughs> Like KD really is the type to shoot 60% and drop 35 points and be like, yeah, man, I, I got to be better than that. Got to be better. <laughs> By the way, we, we all picked wins on this game, right? So nothing changed in our and we challenge. All- we all have wins for tomorrow's game as well, so nothing's going to change. I wonder uh, what the Nets are going to do back-to-back, but they have the long break, so I would expect everyone to play. Yeah. One... What's up, Joe? No, no, I was just saying, like, I would expect everybody to play, but I was going to ask you guys, now that we're going to try to get in the flow of doing one live, like, right after every game, do any of you guys want to change your picks for tomorrow? Nah, I'm I'm staying with a win. Keep in mind too. Okay, I'm keeping mine as well. Wizards are dog shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no Dinwiddie. No, I don't know. Is Kristaps playing for them? Um, let me check. I don't. I yeah. don't. I wasn't sure was injured, though. on his situation. Porzingis is out. Oh, he's out. Okay, so yeah, murder. Okay. <laughs> Three game one thing, three game to the break. I'll take it. Yeah. One thing I just want to add real quick is when we get out of this all-star break and as guys start coming back, I hope Nash can cut into Patty Mills' minutes. He okay. led the team with 38 again tonight, but I mean he's been struggling to shoot recently. He was two of thirteen tonight, two of nine from three. And he's played a lot, a lot of minutes just because the Nets have been so short-handed. And, like, credit to Patty. He will never complain about it. He is a class act guy, a great leader. Love him. Great vet. But you want his legs to be fresh come playoff time. And that seems like he's playing close to 40 minutes every single night for, like, the last month and a half. Yeah, I mean, knock knock wood, but, like, he's, like, the only one who hasn't, like, gotten, like, an injury or COVID. Him and Blake. I feel like him and Blake, yeah. Yeah, him and Blake are, like, the only. Lots of our team. And Cam. Oh, no, Cam had COVID. So, yeah, just him Blake. I think it really is only Patty and Blake that haven't like missed significant time due to anything other than like Blake like being like benched for a little bit. But like 
you know, like they've been available like every single night. I'm yeah. sure we rested Blake on like a back to back or something like that, but yeah, I mean Blake hasn't logged too heavy minutes, but he's been available. Patty's just playing a lot every single night. He also has a three point contest Saturday. Oh yeah, true. He needs to get that win. We yeah. can bring, we can bring home a three point co- another three point contest title to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen to this. So this season, in 56 games played, Patty Mills is averaging 31 minutes per game. His previous career high it was in 2017 when he averaged 25.7. So he's almost a full six minutes higher than he's ever played. That's wild. And this is his 13th season in the NBA. So like, he's nice. been around. Yeah, that, but, he has been around for a while, but like for him to play as many minutes as he has this year is insane, honestly. It's, I agree. He, he like I said, a little bit of a break. Hopefully, Nash can get it down. So I just I just checked. Did Seth Curry had to have gotten an invite to the three point contest, right? Like he's not in it, but he had to have. <laughs> I just had to make sure because I was like, are we going to push all this patty propaganda and not <laughs> and not realize it? <laughs> Too, <laughs> but now he had yeah, he nah, been invited at least. But yeah, yeah, no, I I love Seth Curry. Like, like I said last time, he's a, just a complete offensive basketball player. I think he had six or seven assists again tonight. I don't have the box score in front of me anymore, Joe. I know, you do I know he had. I know he had twenty points and he shot seven for fourteen. But uh, I'll check. I'll check out the rest of his stats because he he did have a very solid game once again. He had six assists tonight, six of nine. Thanks, from- yeah. Yeah. So six of nine from three and six assists, twenty points. That's two twenty-point games in two games with the Nets for Seth. Awesome. <laughs> the guy is a stud. Yeah. Nothing else sure. to say about that. That's <laughs> good. Vibes are good. Yeah. Hopefully they keep it going and get some guys back. And this is the, the nice little neat change they need. Let's get out of the play-in tournament. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. No play-in tournament that's that would be that would be uh quite the uh quite the situation if we ended up in a play-in. <laughs> Let's probably don't draw Toronto because I know they changed some rules, but I'm pretty sure Kyrie still can't play there. And if he like gets clearance, I know they changed some stuff. I don't know if that lets them play now. I don't think it does. So I wouldn't no, want to play. It does that. not. It does not. If they have like a country wide rule. Like you can't go into the country of Canada, I believe, if you're not vaccinated. So let's avoid the Raptors. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're a game and a half back of the Raptors right now for the seventh seed. But like yep. we're we could be up at the six and in the play, and we're only two games behind the Celtics right now. So we catch them. We catch them. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be honest. Boston, Boston's sneaky. Boston's a lot better than their record, in my opinion. And they made some great trades. Acquiring Derek White, which I think was huge for them. He's like a traditional point guard, and he is good. I don't know what they gave up for him. Because I don't know the trade. It it was Jason Richardson and the Schroeder deal. No, it was Jason Richardson. Schroeder was separate. Yeah, it was basically Justin Richardson and like a protected pick or something. Or like two seconds. Yeah, I mean. 
Uh, he, Josh Richardson, sorry. I said Jason. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, bro. Jason Richardson was from like 2010. <laughs> yeah, he was in like the Sixers. I remember a couple other teams I'm have, I think. I'm going to be honest. I could see Philly sliding down the standings. Like when I watched them get smacked, embarrassed on Bell Night, when James Harden rang the bell at home. They were down 50 points at one point. And, like, you look at their injury report, and the only player that was out was Harden. And I don't want to, like, continually talk about Harden. I'm just talking about the Sixers in general because, obviously, they're a team in the East. But they don't have a lot of shooters anymore giving up Seth Curry. And one thing that he needs to succeed is spacing. I mean, obviously, Embiid's still amazing. Harden's still a good player. But their role players, I don't know, man. I watched Thibel play. He's a great defender, but like the Celtics were leaving him wide open in the corner and he could not make anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, they're not as deep of a team as they were before the trade. Obviously, they gave up a lot. So, but they, they, we are currently three and a half games back of them. So, but like the Celtics are nine and one in their last 10, and the Raptors are eight and two in their last 10, and the Nets are two and eight. So like we gotta like there there's definitely like a solid chance we creep up the standings. It's not gonna be that difficult, especially with this roster have now. Wanna hear a crazy stat? Yeah. Yes, sir. Cam Thomas is averaging twenty one point six points per game and forty eight point seven percent shooting in his last seven games. Kids Cam Thomas, a young star. Like they dead ass let him fall to number twenty seven in the draft. <laughs> And let him get mentored by Kevin Durant, the greatest scorer in NBA history. Yeah. Oh, this league, man. This league. Anything else you guys want to talk about real quick? I think we hit everything. I don't yeah. know about you. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think I think we're good. So once again, this was the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Cody, Anthony, and Joe. Thank you for tuning in. And the Brooklyn Nets run own New York City. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.